0: friends, and welcome to Painting Pictures. I'm Gabriel Roberts, and I'm coming to you from the side of the road in Glacier National Park. Uh, I was driving, I'm I'm heading into a town in search of a wireless internet connection, and I can't seem to find a really great place to stop. I pulled off one road and drove a little ways and found this great little shady turnout, and as soon as I pulled around, these two minivans came up, and these people like stopped in the middle of the road, and they were pointing and trying to figure out, one was kind of taking the lead from the other, and wondering if this was where they were supposed to turn, but there was a gate that was locked, and it looked like a construction site that they had no business going in, but I finally said, you people are weird, (laughs) I'm out of here. And so I left. And so now I'm back where that road meets the main road. I just watched this couple trudging along with their little baby girl, and they're taking it slow because she's struggling a little bit. She's she can walk. She ain't no baby, but she's lil, and she doesn't she doesn't want to keep walking. And she just fell down. Well, Daddy was holding her hand, and she just let her legs go and collapsed to her knees, and probably let out a little whew. Poor little thing. Poor little thing. Um. So yes, I'm in Glacier National Park, and it is really great. And I've yet to see most of the the big big mountains and big glaciers. But I can tell you that the water is a really special blue color, especially the stream water that comes off of these glaciers. It runs over these beautiful, uh, clean stones that are purple and yellowish and green and blue. And the water is a different color, I swear. It is uh, not so much a sky blue, This is really a terrible spot, I feel <laughs> from the most, one of the most beautiful places in the world and I'm beside a road and you're listening to cars, but I just got to get this uh, intro recorded. So here I am. The color of the water is a, I'm going to say more of a phalo blue, that's p-t-h-a-l-o, and that's a little bit more towards purple than it is towards sky blue. And I'm used to streams being a lighter, bluey-green color. Do you know what I mean? Well, these streams are like a dark blue. It's really really quite beautiful. And it's a lovely place that has been preserved. And I'm staying with my dear mother in a campsite, campground, that is one of the nicest campgrounds I've ever camped in. Very well uh, maintained. No firewood gathering, but... I think that adds to the uh, pristine nature of the place. So I'm happy to be here and we're staying for four nights so we'll get a chance to kind of settle in a little bit and uh, see some things take a couple day trips and uh, catch our breath a bit. The drive up was a little bit trying to say the least. We met in emigrant Montana which is a tiny little town a little bit west of Livingston, and east of Bozeman. Um, And I came up that morning or afternoon from Jackson, Wyoming, I'd left my lovely campsite and tooled down to the cafe, and I made the little calendar for August, and uh, Mom was starting out that morning in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and she had like a five-hour drive to Bozeman was where we were planning to meet. And I thought, oh, Bozeman's just on the other side of Yellowstone. Um, And I was taking my time at the cafe, and it got to be Mm. 1 o'clock. And I was like, oh, I'll just take a quick look at the map. Punched in Bozeman, punched in Jackson, and I got uh, 4 hours and 20 minutes. (laughs) 4 hours and 19 minutes. And so I'd grossly miscalculated the drive time. And if I'd really had my head about me I would have looked at the map a little bit longer and determined that the fastest way to go would be to circumvent the park avoid paying a twenty-five dollar entrance fee and uh, also avoid this sort of single-lane terrible tourist drivers and numerous construction spots because it's summertime so it's time to fix these roads so there's a lot of number of places where I had to stop and wait at the one lane, uh, where it goes to one lane and wait for 20 minutes, and um, it was it w- was more like five and a half hours all told. But I was so freaked out that I was four hours away that I just like slapped my laptop closed, packed up my bag, and charged out to get going because I didn't want my mom to have to wait too long. And slogged through the park and made it to the other side. We met an immigrant, and that is where 24 years ago the family Roberts uh, of mine lived. That is where we were part of Church Universal and Triumphant, which is um, a interesting little mixture religion. And we stayed with an old friend from the church uh, named Philip, and his house where we stayed is right next to Mark's Ark, which is a bomb shelter. I believe it can withstand something absurd like hundreds of tons per square inch. My dad worked on the designs and then the building, and my mom worked too, on the building of, of this structure. It's, it's underground. Uh, it was wild to see it. It was like, it's right there. And you see the entrance. I'm planning to go in when we uh, go back so I can give you a full report. But there's a gun turret. There's a gun turret up top that looks pretty fearsome, and it was just wild to think that we were there all that time ago. I was a three-year-old child, but I have some memories when I saw the place, it definitely looked familiar, and I haven't been back in all this time. So it was an interesting place to stop, and kind of fun for my mom to bring back all these memories, and it's a beautiful, it's called Paradise Valley. It's this beautiful valley, uh, the Yellowstone River runs through it. And on our way out of town the next day, we uh, stopped and swam in the Yellowstone River and began our way north um, full of optimism. We transferred my mom's belongings to Susie. So we were in one car and we had some tunes and food and we set off and we stopped in Livingston and tooled around and had fun and bought things at a thrift store. Uh, and then, kind of, didn't really get going till like one in the afternoon. And Montana is beautiful, but there's some there's some gnarly country out there that's not so um, luscious. It's very dry and windy and warm and arid and open. And these towns that are out there, kind of in the middle of nowhere with no trees, are very eerie to see. All these newish buildings clustered around. And it's like, what the fuck are you... why, why, Why would you live here? Why would you live here? There's all these other places that have trees and streams and lakes. And here are these settlements out baking. And then in the winter, it gets damn cold. Like minus 25. And it snows and it gets icy. And it always... It has been boggling my mind as I travel to go through such beautiful places and then come upon people living in other places and it's like don't you don't you know that there are better places to live why are you living here and that just makes me feel weird and then you you if you're around those people then obviously they're not like super happy because they're living in like this miserable situation Anyhow, we drove all afternoon, and we didn't have a clear plan of where to stop. It was just, you know, supposed to be this flowing journey where <laughs> we stop whenever we want, make a camp. I had come off uh, seven nights of, of camping um, in national forest land for free, collecting firewood, making big fires, having no neighbors, having beautiful vistas, a nice country, and streams to swim in. And So I had this fantasy of finding a similar situation, and my mom was looking at the map and and looking at campgrounds and you know rightfully so wanting to find like a concrete place where she knew we would stop and the drive would be over for the day and i wanted to just be like well you know we'll just find it and and um anyway it was it was a bit uh it was a bit trying and we ended up camping at a place called Chinaman's Campground on the something uh flathead lake no yes no we camped outside of um helena close to helena the capital city um by canyon ferry dam and fortunately found a good campsite it was a friday night and so i was a little concerned about neighbors and the uh the friday night crowd but we fortunately dodged Dodged numerous bullets and ended up with not too many neighbors around us in our campsite and had a good night and set out the next morning again full of optimism, <laughs> confident that we wouldn't be in the same situation again. We started driving at like seven. Stopped in Helena, had some coffee, uh got some fruit at a farmer's market. Helena looked really cool. There's a um like in all cities it seems, there's a bit of a lovely little hipster revival happening with good food and art galleries and uh, lovely old brick buildings and parks. Um, so that was nice. And then we made our way up um, Highway 83. And that was absolutely gorgeous. A gorgeous stretch um, up Highway 83. And then at that point it was you know noon when we began passing these beautiful lakes and all kinds of national forests and all these opportunities for um, camping but we you know it was only twelve or whatever and we thought well let's get on a little further and and maybe camp at sort of the top of this flathead lake area and kept passing all these turnoffs for national park national forest access that just look prime like lakes and streams and beautiful country big trees all green and lush, uh, mountains around us. Um, and then we we got excited thinking about coffee in the morning, and we decided that we should get some half and half for the coffee. And so for that, we decided we you know the next place to get that would be uh, a place called Swan Lake. And when we got to Swan Lake, we stopped and we got our half and half, and we got cookies, and we got postcards, and. Then we hit the road again, and pretty much as soon as you leave Swan Lake, the National Forest abruptly ends, as so you are now leaving Flathead National Forest. And the road takes a turn off to the left, and before you know it, you're back out in this hot-ass, arid country. And I even turned around and went back to the very last National Forest Access sign. It was called Bear Creek, and we drove up that a little bit. And it just wasn't as nice as anything that we had passed but it was our last opportunity, maybe, to find a place to camp, and I just started going off a <laughs> dirt road. <laughs> and my mom was just like, I'm getting out of the car, because it was a gnarly road, and she didn't want to go down. To town. And I was like, no, no, you don't have to get out of the car, we don't have to do this. Um, so anyway, we got back on the road, pushed on further, and we st- at that point, we're getting very close to Glacier, which is our ultimate destination. But the idea is, well, maybe we'll find a place to camp for free. Um, outside of Glacier and not have to deal with trying to find a campsite on a Saturday night. And so we see this big reservoir surrounded by a national forest called Hungry Horse. The Hungry Horse Reservoir. <laughs> Word to the wise, stay the hell away from Hungry Horse Reservoir. Unless you're a terribly hungry horse and, or thirsty horse and you need a drink place sucks. Hungry Horse Reservoir sucks. Uh, it's big, it has a big useless perimeter road that we took off on and um, a few campgrounds that were of course all full and off to either side of the road is a severe well, severe drop down to the reservoir and a severe climb up into the hills and all they have is like a few measly turnouts. There's no nice roads going off following streams. Um, and we started to get that sinking feeling again because now it was 4 o'clock. We'd been driving since 7. And we were sick of driving. And we didn't know where the hell we were going to camp. And it was a Saturday night and we were going down this interminable road. And we had a map and uh, spotted a little further down this road a very promising looking turnoff that f- appeared to follow a creek. And we thought, all right, let's just get there. We can take the road up. There'll probably be all these beautiful places to camp along the creek. We won't be too far away from getting back to Glacier the next day. Um, we take the road, and it it just is is climbing up, and it's the the creek it does run near the road, but again, it's a hundred feet down to the right, and up to the left is more mountains. So again, you there's nowhere to stop. There's nowhere to stop. There's nowhere to stop and camp unless you want to just pull over on the side of the road and be out in the open. And so finally, my mom rightfully decided that it was time to turn around. And we did. And then we're thinking about doing that miserable drive back and backtracking to Hungry Horse, the town, which is not not the happiest-looking town, and trying to find some cheap motel on a Saturday night. Not fun. Not fun. And, uh, you know, we're two pretty uh, intrepid campers. We have pretty good general uh, spirit to us, and we had the best of intentions, and um, we were in a little slice of hell. We were in a little slice of hell, and fortunately we had Susie, who uh, continued to, to pull us along, and we found a little turnout then, above a road down to the water, that um, we could pull into, and it was like a little go between from the main road to the water access road and so it was relatively secluded it had a fire ring set up and we decided we could camp there and we did and we stopped um, we had a fire we had food we had tea and cookies and and we felt we felt better and um, and in the morning then we were close to glacier park and and since then things have Things have gotten a lot happier since we, we found this sweet campground and we can take our time a little bit and not be breaking camp every morning. Settle down, 20 bucks a night, ain't so bad. I just collected a bunch of firewood up the road where it is legal to collect firewood. And so we'll have a fire tonight. I'm going to get some grub in town so we'll have a good meal. And tomorrow we'll maybe strike off for a bit of a, bit of a hike to see some of this park. So that's an update on me and my travels um, looking ahead from here I'm going to be in Seattle briefly this weekend or early next week so like the 10th of August maybe so if you're in Seattle and you want to connect send me an email at Gabe Roberts art at gmail.com I wanna just briefly talk about tourists because I in my whole time in Payonia, didn't really see any tourists didn't really watch any TV or Sports Center, and so that was weird. Uh, back in emigrant, we went to a Hot Springs and went through a bar, and I saw sports on, on TV, Sports Center, and that was like a weird, a weird shock to see and like uh, feel that little feeling of like not knowing what's going on and trying to absorb things. And I saw that the A's traded Giannis Tsipidis. People, what the hell? And I thought, well, they are probably going to have to give him a big contract and the A's don't do that. And so I guess they got something for him. I hope the A's are doing well. Um, but tourists. So here in Glacier, there are lots of tourists, naturally. It's an internationally known park. And so you have people from all over the world. And you have people from all over the country. And we went to a lodge yesterday. And, uh, God, I'm glad I don't work in one of those lodges. Dealing with... Tourists and the type of tourists who gravitate immediately to a lodge. Now, of course, my mom and I were at the lodge for our first day there, just wanting to get a little bit of relaxation in. But these tourists are waddling around... Oh. It's really... I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to maintain my general, like, love of fellow man watching some of these people who look like they're... they're Desperately seeking relief from nature, and they've been out and they've probably taken a tour bus through the park, and they are just so ready for it to be over. And and that you can just get this feeling of like, okay, have we seen it? Um, can can we tell people that we saw all the important things, and then can we go home and sit on our couches? And they're they're waddling through the lodge looking for food and drink and taking pictures. And, um, I feel bad coming down on these people. And I was thinking, should I, should I feel like, should I feel, uh, love towards them? Of course, I probably ought to. That's a good feeling to have. Should I think... Well, you know, at least they're making an effort. They've gotten out here. They're seeing some beautiful things. They've gotten away from their homes and their couches. You know, should I think, well, that's a step in the right direction? Or should I think, fuck them. No. Go home. Stay home. You're not having a good time out here. You're not equipped for this. You're not built for this. Like, maybe uh, spend a few weeks taking walks around your neighborhood so you at least have a little bit of stamina built up or like go to the park in your neighborhood. But these are the type of people that don't like on a Saturday, they don't go out and enjoy the nature that's nearest to them. They do other things indoors like watch TV and eat. And so this is like their only uh, time that they're taking to go see nature. And I think that's a wrong I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I think that you should um, this is me preaching and telling people what you should do. But here's what you should do. You should enjoy the nature that is near you and around you. You should go out and about in your neighborhood. And then once you feel like, okay, I've seen this and like I have more energy to expend that I feel trapped in this, like I want to go see some big parks. Like, then, you know, head out to Glacier. But if you're just spending your days indoors and then planning this vacation to Glacier because people have said it's beautiful and you want to say that you've been to a national park, I say stay home. Stay home and rent a movie, get some ice cream and some pizza, make a night of it. And don't clog up these parks and clog up the lines and just ugh. Anyway, that's that's those are my thoughts on On tourists, it's it's kind of a weird thing. It's kind of a weird thing. It's like um, putting all of your your uh, your nature in this easily digestible and recountable uh, box, and that's the name of this podcast. Uh, Put it in a box. And this podcast, I'm really excited to share with you. This was recorded a couple weeks ago in Peonia. This is. The morning after I left Elsewhere Studios, I had all my things in my car and I happened to um, fall into uh, a house sitting gig that my friend had had secured from his friends that were out of town. And so I was able to go and land and put my stuff down and it was so perfect because I wanted to linger in town for a week but I didn't know where I was going. And then the day before I was set to take off. my friend offered to, you know, have me come join them at this house sit. So, I rolled up, uh, like, 11 o'clock the next morning. I wasn't sure if they had plans to go into town, and I wasn't sure what the day, how the day would unfold. And there I found them, on the porch, uh, eating chocolate chip banana pancakes and drinking coffee. And it was the most beautiful sight, because there's two dear friends that I got to just sit down with and relax and talk and chat and... Um, just continue with the flow that I was in at that point in in Peonia, and so their names are Chris Gar and Brody Kinder. And Chris Gar is an environmental like consultant. Um, he works to protect Colorado's water resources. Um, he's also a musician. And uh a, I don't know if you call it a stage manager, but like he manages the sound um, production for live shows and has gone on tours. And um, he dances tango and he has long, beautiful hair and he's really funny. And then the other guest is Brody Kinder, who's a musician whose music I, I played on the last podcast episode. And I met Brody when he came into town at uh, Paonia. was the last stop on his tour that he had done with Gabriel Louise around the U.S. Um, they'd gone out to the West Coast and up and then back to Paonia, Colorado. Um, Brody's a Reiki master, and he does a lot of accents, and he's hilarious and um, open and friendly and... Um, So a wonderful couple of gentlemen to record a podcast with, they were kind enough to sit down with me. We sat down on the porch. I had the microphone in front of me, and there was some wind. So this is just like a general, unfortunately, the sound quality sometimes suffers when the wind blows, and when I laugh really hard and I'm sitting right in front of the microphone and they're off to either side of me. So you get a lot of me and my laughter. Um, But I think the sound levels are going to be okay. That You'll hear the conversation. Uh any other notes? Oh, just a general note on glacier. I think the best way to do glacier is bike packing because most of the park you can't access with a car. Uh there's some there are tons though of backpacking trails and rustic backpacking campsites and a lot of these trails I bet you can do on bikes. I've seen dudes mashing around here on mountain bikes with their packs and their sleeping pads and they look like they are really getting it. And so that's my advice if, if, you, um, if you do Glacier, and hopefully next time I do it, go backpacking or uh, bikepacking, and that way you'll be able to roam freely and, I think, really enjoy the parks and not see a lot of tourists. Um, we did, fortunately, find a great campground, and so we we're set. But bikepacking might be the best way to do it. So let's get on to the podcast, friends. Um, this, again, is Chris Garr and Brody Kinder. I think uh, we'll start with a little song. This is what the three of us jangled together, uh, covering Father John Misty's fun times in Babylon. And so we'll play that, and then we'll get right into the podcast. Thanks for listening, folks. Again, uh, the website for the podcast is gaberobertsart.com, and the email is gabe robertsart at jamail.com. God bless! Here's the podcast.
1: for me Hollywood, here I come. One more time. Look out, Hollywood, here
2: I come. The Hollywoods in the cast.
1: We're coming. Brap Hear it now. Yep.
0: Indominus Dominus Patrius. Spiritus Sancti. Indominus patrios, Indominus patrios, Sancti, Indomina patrios. Gentlemen, good morning. Here we are in uh, the outskirts of P Town. P Town. Looking up at some hills. Just did a little hammocking. Riding the coffee train a little bit. Choo choo. Choo choo. Choo choo goes the coffee train. And uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's going to be hot ish. It's clear. They say it's going to be uh, summer degrees, which we all know is. Ninety four? Sure. It's gonna be a good day. That's about it's about right around here. Did you guys get the uh the rain last night? Did it make it out here? Did we get the rain? Uh no. I stayed up really late, um, packing. It was perfect because I was I was still pretty high and that's like perfect for packing. Yeah. Well for packing really well. Probably not for packing super efficiently, Meticulous but packing. meticulously. You're like everything's in the spot. Yeah.
2: But you only moved two miles.
0: Yeah, but I had to get everything out of the gingerbread house, hmm. pack up my food.
2: What's the square footage of the gingerbread house, by the
0: way? I don't know. Um, seems
3: like two, <laughs> two or three. 200, including the loft. Seven?
2: Probably. 150. I bet it's 150. I bet it's like 10 feet by 10 feet downstairs and then. And then then five by feet. five
0: in that little loft. Or no, five, way, by, 10. 10, five sure. by 10. Sure. Yeah. Math. Nice. <laughs> This guy knows his square footage.
3: That's cool. So, was it was it a bit nostalgic though, when you were packing?
0: It was, and it was nice to uh, take my time with it. And I actually I enjoyed. I think I had the most enjoyable cigarette of my life last night. Mm-hmm. Ah. After I'd pretty much finished the packing I was going to do that night, and then went out and the rain started falling. And I was sitting on that little bench outside elsewhere by the street. And I feel like the cigarette lasted for it, it seemed like an hour. Mm. It's just an endless. I actually didn't even finish it. I finished it on the way over this morning. Wow. Uh, so just briefly, Chris Garr, to my right here, is a poet. <laughs> Can I be a gymnast too, then? <laughs> <And a> gymnast? <laughs> <laughs> yep. What else do you want to be, kid? Um, uh, I... Snappy dresser. Alright. Phone answer sometimes. I
3: might
0: do that right now. Um... A, and a, a, col- a long-time Coloradan. Were you born in Colorado?
3: No, definitely
2: not. Born in Queens. Oh. Yeah. Then uh, 12 years in New York. And uh, 5 years in Montana. High school right.
0: in Montana. Montana. Then Hawaii. Then Hawaii.
2: 3 years in Hawaii. Oh. Then... Uh, 3
0: years, huh? 3 years. Oh, that's good. Hey, Sanj then uh the so so yeah yeah. For a long time.
2: yeah
0: but now you're kind of splitting between one side of the Rockies and the other mm-hmm. doing that that Rocky Mountain Passover yeah, yeah I just like commuting yeah it's really pleasant you know four and a half hours
2: is is good but it's made much better if you go from like 5,000 up to Ten thousand and a half elevation, and back down to about seven, and back up to ten
0: thousand. Yeah, and then back
2: down again. Oh, you do it
0: twice, like mountain. Because yeah, you got Vail
2: Pass, and
0: then you got the tunnel, Eisenhower Tunnel. Wow. Yeah. I cool. still haven't. I still, still haven't done that. <laughs> I got an email from a friend last night who I haven't talked to in a really long time, and he's like, "How's Denver? Are you living there permanently now?" Yeah, it's yeah. really and I large. Like, it's, I don't know where he got Denver. This is the extreme I guess, suburbs. Of this Denver. is the yeah the very very far yeah, remote outskirts. Satellite. This is a shanty town. Now you, Me. Brody Kinder, hello, also a gymnast, hmm. and what? more of a Wait, na- more of a, if a. gymnast? It steals from mine. <laughs> okay, and I'm not.
2: Um, something else.
0: Up. A cartographer. Cartographer, sure. Uh, tattoo cool. artist. mm Hmm. Um. Well, and a Reiki master. Reiki master, that's... 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 That one's true. We just... We just did, uh, oh. t- Two lines in the truth. <laughs> two... Yeah. Is there... Is there, like, a... A Reiki... Proficiency, you know? Or a Reiki sub-master? Or you you go oh. from nothing to master? Um, well... Because I feel like everybody I've talked to that does Reiki is a Reiki master.
3: Uh, I wouldn't call myself a master, per se, but, uh, maybe a bastard. Reiki <laughs> bastard. Um... But when you first start Reiki, there's three different levels. Um, you know, I actually got attuned to all three at the same time, which I don't know if is possible or not, but quite frankly, I was pretty excited. Uh, <laughs> needless to say, um, when you receive your first attunement, you know, you actually have to be, like, uh, blessed by a master. Okay. They give you the attunement. It opens up your crown chakra, and then they infuse symbols in your hands, which you don't know about yet until level 2, because it's where they want more money. Um and then uh level three is when you can actually teach people or give okay. them attunements. Uh if I were to give you all the, the brief on it. But uh, it was cool. The first time I got my attunements my hands literally were like on fire. Yeah, you
0: you 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 do it on me, it's it's legit. It it's hot. really hot. It hot. It's kinda awesome. Can you do
3: it to the microphone? Um, <laughs>
0: it might blow it up.
3: <laughs> can you do it just a little
0: Yeah, be careful.
3: I don't it's my microphone, Chris. I don't wanna But it's pretty cool I mean The 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 intention behind your Healing energy coming through your hands And uh, You know Feeling it move is Is um, Profound Yeah Magically
0: Yeah And Makes sense Makes sense that we would have uh, That our hands could do more than just Pick things up and (laughs) Grip things and Hang on to things Wipe our poop Wipe our bums
3: But I think I think it's natural, though, you know, Reiki, because you know when you bump your knee, what do you do but hold your hold on to it, hold your hands or your mom, you know, like hold a wound that you'd have, yeah, battle scars. Yeah, it um, makes it feel a lot better. It's just that times a lot, Reiki.
2: If you're a cat or a dog and you get a wound, or you know any animal without opposable thumbs, you lick it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's the same impulse in a cat or a dog?
0: Could be, because they don't put their paw on it. I haven't tried licking people to heal them, but you could start a new strand of reiki. Yeah, lick, lick mouth reiki. reiki. <laughs> mouth
3: reiki.
0: <laughs> yeah, special appointment only. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: not just open to the public.
0: Yeah, I need a lot of water. For this yeah. So, you were talking about why we get up and do things. Yeah, because I, I saw made your a, list in there.
2: Yeah, it's impressive. You see that I have to destroy Gabby at a game of chess.
0: Oh no, That's I smart. didn't. I actually didn't One read the whole days. list. <laughs> um, so yeah. Why? Did you make that uh, kind of first thing this morning?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is pretty highly motivated for me. Usually I go like, yeah, there's a bunch of things. And then that's kind of where I leave it. But the point yeah. being every morning, almost every morning i wake up and go like, what do I need to do today? Uh-huh. Or what am I going to do today? Uh-huh. It's all like do-focused.
0: Uh-huh.
2: You know? I never wake up and say like, um, what's that smell? Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you probably do. Sometimes. But... But it's it's usually not the immediate sensation. Usually, it's like awake future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's in the future? The future for today, and then I'm but be- getting better at being present throughout the day with what I am, what I am doing, and what's happening. Yeah. But nonetheless, the instant impulses. It's yeah. almost like that's the part of consciousness. It's like the, you you get your senses and then you plan. Yeah. And uh, and I was. So then I was devaluing that in my mind, preparing for this conversation and saying, well, let's just play devil's advocate here and say that there's no value to that. But then you said you cleaned out your house and moved last night. Right. And if you hadn't done that. I'd
0: still be over there packing and. Or just not.
2: Like, what if you just didn't? What if you just walked? Then you'd be an asshole who left all his stuff. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. Willow would come over and say, what? What's up, Why are you still doing doing here? Do you need some help packing? Mm. Why don't you get moving? Then eventually, if I just sat there, the next resident would arrive, and they'd be... Just be on top of you. Just... Terribly disappointed. Yeah. My shit would be all over the place.
2: So, so what's with all the doing, then? Is it just for other people? Or do we do things... Mm. Like, for instance, uh, if we do something like moving shit in the river, like you were doing yesterday... Mm he re-channeled the river for, mm. for it was actually pretty cool oh I so loved like, doing that
3: just so, moving rocks around so instead of like going down the waterfall it's going to cut right over this little embankment and then like you know inner tubes could go down so right. I channeled the water so that it would with rocks mm-hmm. so nice. I can get a little tube slide and the little 13 year olds are like this is awesome I was like oh no and then I'm just schlepping rocks for it seemed like hours There's still a lot to be done mm-hmm. if you put that on Craigslist and ask for somebody to do it they wouldn't show up
2: Without I getting paid. Right. But I did it for the love of it.
0: For the fun of it.
2: I mean, you even got a job out of it. Because no. some old guy was watching you. And was like, fuck, that kid's a hard worker. <laughs> Just because he was randomly moving rocks.
3: It was the sativa. But. Yeah. He was like, you can help me move 50 cords of wood. I was like,
0: do I get paid for it? <laughs> he said yes. Right. How about you, Brody, in the morning? Do you, um, get that influx of tasks um
3: tasks uh is a big word but i think when i wake up i do feel like a sense of needing to do something Mm -hmm. you know something that is exterior of this moment at the moment possibly the future Mm -hmm. uh that needs to to be done and sometimes that can be overwhelming especially if it's like a big task Mm -hmm. you know and then you're like well I don't have to do it now, so might as well sleep in a couple of hours. <laughs> right.
0: You know, and there's different motivations in the morning. and um. Yeah, I think it's related, at least for me, to my idea of myself and my this particular incarnation and what I want it to be like and the idea of, of being able to create that. And so wanting certain things to happen sort of long-term and then each day being like, all right, what am I going to do to head in that direction
2: Small yeah but all I mean it's like investing it's like investing mm-hmm. in the future energy mm-hmm. I mean, just putting energy into something all the payoff isn't right now necessarily but what if like gardening for example there's ways to garden where the gardening, the two hours you spent gardening was enjoyable in and of itself. Mm-hmm. You were in the sun, you had some music playing, or you were hanging out with friends. Yeah. It was done. If you walked away and the garden just exploded right there, you'd be like, oh, well, that's too bad, but I don't regret that I spent the two hours gardening it. Yeah. There's other ways to garden where it's like, if this shit doesn't grow and produce food, I'm going to be pissed. It's going to be a waste of time. Waste is, of time, yeah. yeah. As opposed, So if you're really investing... One hundred percent. Then you run high risk mm. of it being a waste of time. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing it all for the current, then you never have. But maybe it's not a balance. Maybe it's not like there's a hundred percentage points to be balanced between invest in the future and enjoy the present. Maybe it's there are things that you can do in the present that are thoroughly enjoyable in the present that fulfill that and are super special because they also yield future potential results. Yeah, like gymnastics you
3: know all the years been <laughs> been <having> you've <dynamic.
2: laughs> yeah um yeah <laughs> yeah I, I've you found... and the workouts are
0: are valuable in and of themselves mm. yeah i
2: found that you know there's that's the only way that i would have uh enjoyed my time getting such an amazing
0: body mm-hmm. uh how's the pommel how's your pommel horse routine coming along it's it, that's a tough one
2: um uh, yeah, no, you've always... That's always it's been... like his second best. <laughs> yeah. I was in Eastern Europe for a lot of my training, so I don't really know the... the Terminology? Ter- yeah, that word. Das <laughs> Pumul. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. That
2: one's top-notch. Top-notch. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, actually, the, the exercise is not a bad idea. There's, yeah. There's there's exercise at the gym where you're staring at the mirror and going like, I'm going to be so strong. Yeah. And if you're just like, we're doing that, and then suddenly... <laughs> <laughs> you you weren't strong.
0: <laughs> right. But right?
2: if your you'd arm broke, you'd be like, Oh no, I got a broken arm all summer now. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, right? I broke my arm lifting the weight. This is really, really much much too heavy. Um but if you're out playing soccer mm. then that's fun. And the better shape you're in, the more fun it is.
0: Yes. And oh, you're getting in better shape by doing totally. it. Yes. And you want to never smoke cigarettes right. again.
2: So maybe the idea What? <laughs> well, or make everybody else smoke. Um, maybe the idea here the lesson to be learned, children is that when you make your list, don't think of things like lift weights huh. go one step beyond and be like how do I make a fun, a sport out of a, achieving this task so if I have on my list like go to the grocery store and get cantaloupe maybe that's not where it ends maybe that we can use our brains to apply ourselves to a more creative way so that I am, uh, you know ending up at the grocery store and acquiring cantaloupe yeah. amidst some other thing yeah. like go on a date with Betty Sue or whatever yeah and she's that's not. she fine she's am my Betty Sue Damn
0: girl mm. you ever seen <laughs> Betty Sue like... wearing them little <laughs> jean shorts around <laughs> town <laughs>
2: she better watch out <clears throat> I'm going for cantaloupes <laughs> <laughs> I like your melons Betty Sue <laughs> then uh, yeah then then I mean going grocery shopping on a date it's super well, it fun! It's going to be the best date to propose in the world. But spontaneously, it it's be a good really date. Really fun. Yeah. And then you did your grocery shopping, as right. opposed to the drudgery of like, oh, I wish my grocery shopping were just done now.
0: Yeah. If you were
2: going grocery shopping this afternoon on a date, you wouldn't wish that the grocery shopping was already done.
0: Yeah,
2: it would
3: invalidate the whole date.
0: Yeah, I like that. I think that I think that the the more you can sort of contract your, um, I mean, in one sense, you want to have an expansive idea of, of the future, I think. And in terms of, of doing, that was the other thing, why we do, there is inherent value in activity. Like we're talking about exercise or being outdoors. I think there's no doubt that our bodies are made for, for work, for being outside, for, um, you know, making complex things. And so there's that you, I think that it just, is good for you by and large but then if you can um maybe limit a little bit your projections of Mm. of your involvement in this particular reality because that's where it gets um drudgery like you get dredged down or or bogged down um when you're you're imagining like too specifically your little trajectory through this Uh reality and then you're 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 like putting a blanket over this reality you're like stamping it down in in, in all around you, and if you mm-hmm. can pull that back in, then you allow like all of it to 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 blossom or be you know spontaneously different and but also it has the ability then to surprise you, yes you know? right,
3: um, which being surprised, I think we we often don't do because we've planned things too meticulously, yeah, and I really like that that fact of or the the, the statement you made about it blanketing yeah you're you're your reality and in in so many ways it also controls your reality and it it is your reality but you know being open to um, being surprised you know with life and how it can happen like I, I think even just now this podcast is a surprise because Chris and I were just sitting in hammocks and having coffee, and then here you show up in a car with yeah. all your stuff from elsewhere, and yeah. here we are now making a podcast. This is a surprise
0: and a delight. Oh, thanks. So, uh, I must admit, I thought of it last night. <laughs> <laughs> this is what like... got to do. Good planning. It mm, would be awesome.
2: <laughs> you did interrupt our productivity, though.
0: We, <laughs>
2: yeah. We were busy.
0: Really sorting out this dual hammock situation and Mm -hmm. starting to figure out some of the possibilities.
3: Yeah, you you on a hammock above me, I below, on a hammock below you, we hammocking.
0: Endless possibilities. Game on. (sighs) Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So, we watched a movie last night called Source Code. (laughs) Source Code! (laughs) (laughs) Which I... I pumped up so hard for, like, two days. I was so excited about watching this movie, because last time I watched it was in 2011, and I thought it was amazing. I thought it was, like, the perfect movie. And watching it yesterday, I realized that it was seriously flawed. And then by the end, I started feeling kind of uh, a little bit, like, regretful of, like, like making everyone watch a movie that. Nah, no, no, depth. no, no,
2: not at yeah, all. Yeah. no, 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 I, I just think uh, it is interesting <laughs> how, um, if you're alone and you're experiencing something, it's easy to not put it in a box. Mm. You can, you can exp- like, people don't have religious experiences in groups usually. Mm. Much easier to have a spiritual, religious, or UFO spotting or any kind of exotic experience by yourself. But when you're in a group. It's almost like there's this subconscious push to take every line that everybody puts on things. Like if something is going on, like I'm out and I'm looking at stars or whatever, and something shoots by, right? I might go like, dude, that was a UFO. I might, right? My particular brain go, draws a line and says like, well, it wasn't a UFO. And now let me figure out why it wasn't a UFO, mm-hmm. right? But it's based on a belief. I don't believe in UFOs. bunch of people around and all the lines get drawn and the thing gets boxed in to something yeah. very very narrow Yeah. and so then you have a group perspective on something that's very narrow and it's almost inappropriate in the group setting to have a perspective that isn't in line with everybody else so and then and then you put somebody in the room like Mm. that's really really (laughs) intently trying to box it somebody whose name starts with N and N with A and And everything every experience of the world becomes a very tight 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 box Mm -hmm. and and I know exactly what the what the game is there and the game is this thing here can't defend itself Put it in a tiny box so that I can illustrate something outside of the box because I want to bring be the mm. person that I want to be that element in the group that brings something the outside novelty. of the box. Yeah. And to ensure that's outside the box, I'll first make sure this goes. Into the box.
3: I Think we got a lot of windscreen here.
2: Yeah, but, uh, which is fine. It's just that's a personality to be navigated. It's it's um, it's it's part of the experience, but it's a very like. Uh, judgmental is the word that we use in this language mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and so depending on you know how what you're what you happen to be taking in and how open you want to be to it right. can help you dictate who you ought to invite like if you had a if you had an art opening and you invited a bunch of people who don't think that you should be an artist <laughs> like people from your family or whatever they like why aren't you a fucking doctor yet it's going to give you a different feedback on your art. Yeah. Well, this wasn't your art. This is just a movie you picked, but to a certain extent, there's an extension of you in it. There was, yeah. And by selling it in advance, what you're doing is you're attempting to get people to be open and say, like, don't bring your lines. Yeah. Just just trust, even if you're like, well, I don't know, military, I don't like military. Just go with it because I think it's good. So open your mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't draw the line so I I don't uh...
0: I think that's very uh, profound what you said about the group mentality and it is interesting how it can how you can feel it shifting and changing and collapsing and yeah, yeah. okay
2: so I, I had an experience uh, the other night I was walking along um, I happened to have taken some LSD uh-huh. and uh, it, was, it was by accident it was by accident <laughs> and um, I was walking along in Boulder in the middle of the night and um, just by myself Down the street, it was headed towards the creek, and there was uh, uh, somebody playing. uh, uh, It was just a sound, you know, um, fuck. I can't remember that. It's Moby or somebody like that. Okay. Whatever it was. It was a recognizable song playing on a speaker that was outside of a store, like an REI or whatever, that kind of thing. And it had a speaker that was just playing music at night because the music was playing in the store, not real loud or whatever. And it was far enough away across the parking lot, it really gave me this very strong sensation of being outside of a show. Yeah. The, the music was going on inside, I just came outside to have a cigarette kind of thing, and I'm going to go back into the show. And I was walking in that direction. So suddenly, I was in this mindset of like, I'm walking back into the Uh, show. But my mind had been completely elsewhere because I had never been inside there. uh I'd never been in this show. Uh I just had this deja vu where I was going back into a show. And I had totally disconnected from the, quote-unquote, show that I had come out of to smoke cigarette or something. So here I am returning to the show and catching myself going, um, you know, that, that... my train of thought was something completely different. My reality had nothing to do with what's going on right now that I'm about to go back into the show. And here this, this performer, this person, who I know what it goes through, You know, spent quite a bit of time and energy and their, their personal life creating this music and learning to perform it and is performing it now and it's live and it's happening right now. And they're there. They're 100% present with that reality. And I am a total tourist to that reality. In the same way that they would be a total tourist to my reality. And when you're that far disconnected, because I don't know the guy, you can easily put a box on it. So if they hit a wrong note or something, you're like, ah, it's just some blah, blah, blah who can't do blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's his fucking life. That's his whole thing. And I can put a box on it and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's crap. And I'm better than that. In the exact same way that that person could go like, oh, it's just some wandering fucking acid hippie. Yeah. Just boom, box gone. Yeah box you all up and take you away and you don't even exist anymore you you lose all value and it just it just occurred to me so quickly in that moment how how you can box everything you can somebody could be you know, just lost their whole family or be in the throes right. of like falling in love right. and you can be like, oh yeah, that happens in your early 20s. Right. Boom, <laughs> done, and you're out. Like, dude, that's my fucking life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's everything that's going on mm-hmm. in my reality right now and you just put it in a tiny box in one sentence and toss it out. Wow. Hmm. It's really awesome and I love to do that. No. Um, it's, no, it is. It's incredibly powerful. It's incredibly powerful. It's amazing that we, the brain but it's, is quite
0: powerful, yeah. The pain?
3: The
2: brain. The brain, the brain, the brain. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can just total disregard for something that's, and it could be millions of people. Millions of people right. could be like involved in like some active worship of a deity or a whole religious structure and all that, and you could be like, "Oh yeah, but it's the Middle East." Yeah, disqualified.
0: Yeah, what? Yeah, that's that's where it gets kind of scary is when you start using boxes that have been pre-manufactured and given to you mm. to, you know, make your box. Own box. Yeah, at least, yeah, at least have your own personal weird little boxes that you put people in. Yeah, put little At least come up with doors your own and stuff, you know? Like instead cool of just locks and like yeah. door closers. Yeah, some biscuit joints, oh, yeah. Maybe some reclaimed hardwood. I pack
2: th- some pack some uh, little goldfish in the wall insulation too, <laughs> so you have some <laughs> I think mice it's some in there. food
0: for the mice. I think it's pretty
3: pretty serious, you know, at times, especially in like uh personal relationships when we put ourselves or others in a box, uh, like especially those close to us or like our loved ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, just recently I, I had an experience where um, I felt put in a box by someone's perspective. Yeah. And so every interaction that we had was, was through the filter of that box. And the box wasn't my truth and it didn't resound with me. And it was only from their perspective. And so it was one of those things like, well, um, obviously I know something is going on between us. Um, I don't know what it is, but it seems to be coming from this angle. Mm-hmm. And so, um, having the courage, you know, with that friend to actually talk about the the box that they were putting me in was was very hard. You know, it took a couple couple weeks, and uh, but finally getting to that point of, of open and honesty, even to yourself about the boxes that we put around other other people, even ourselves, was really something I hadn't really done it maybe in a while, or 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 seen in that in that. F- in that facet but yeah. you know if someone sees you as like an asshole or a jerk face and they put you in this little box of a jerk face anything you do even if it's the sweetest thing on the planet it's the most caring thing for all the people around them even to them uh, you know the, the asshole things get more points well, right
0: although oh, fi- yeah find a way to put it into the yeah. asshole box you know and well hit it for uh, having that conversation it was hard yeah I'll bet it was but are you kind of an asshole about it <laughs> I was like
3: let's fucking talk I don't know if you can curse on your podcast, but oh yeah, we can.
0: Fucking talk, we can now. talk, we can curse as much as we want.
3: <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was cool. I think I think the relationship, you know, has as it has uh, upgraded to a whole nother. Wow. You know, and I think you you kind of need these these um uh these valleys in the stream of of friendships to actually experience you know some 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 hard things to to know the person more, you know, yeah, and see their character in action. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, putting them in a box also. Yeah. You know, it's so easy to put someone else in a box that puts you in a box. You yeah. know, a bunch of boxes.
2: Yeah. So with, if we'd stop living in boxes, we might not think <laughs> that things belong in boxes <laughs> so much.
3: We should live in hammocks. yes yeah. Because yeah. it's hard air. to hammock somebody else's idea. That's just sort of <laughs>
2: supportive and open at the same time. <laughs> Poop, I really
3: hammock, man. I really hammock your ideas. <laughs> Thanks,
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot better. It's a much better, healthier structure. Well, what about the idea of truth? And you mentioned your truth. Mm. And then I think about um, the idea of, of truth and even righteousness, like, amongst humanity and whether or not that's something that at a base level can be a constant or can be a... An absolute. An absolute. And... I think that on a personal level, you know, there's the idea that only you can know and live and understand your truth. Um, But do you guys think that there is (coughs) some sort of a baseline?
3: Maybe like a a universal truth.
0: Universal truth.
3: You know, I think like the golden rule and those types of things are universal truths, but um, I think when you live your truth, you allow... You allow others also. You know, when you're not bullshitting, you know, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're, when you're living your truth or you're living your dreams or you're, um, you're not necessarily putting yourself in a box that doesn't exist or can't exist. You know, this ideal of a life or a lifestyle that, you know, is, it seems perfect but you could never attain. You know, when you're just living for your for your own sanity, really, and mm-hmm. and, and joy, mm-hmm. um, you know, you find truth in those things, and
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know, if you live that, then that also allows others uh, to hammock on that idea.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah, and it it reflects then um, attempts at at boxing. It it throws it it throws it back. If you're in your you're kind of you're kind of impervious. Right. anyway if you're totally in your you truth you're like yeah. you're not you don't have anything to lose really
2: well if you can I mean if, if if it's concrete enough that you can describe it then it can be destroyed in similar terms of people using words to destroy uh-huh. It. Uh-huh. but if it's fluid enough that you can't describe it then other people can't fuck it up but other people get irritated Because they want you... They want to go, what are you about? What are you about? Mm -hmm. you're like, you're just going to have to see. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm just going to have to see.
0: (laughs) You want to scoot over a little bit? Are you doing all right? I'm doing all right. So,
2: I I got an extreme. So, the headhunter tribes, right? I think it's Papua New Guinea. Right. So, the idea is, you know, you you cut off somebody's head and you shrink it, right? Well, why? Um, So, you got these tribes that are, you know, all have similar enough spiritual religious whatever you want to call it kind of thinking that they all participate in this but they're opposing tribes they live in different territories okay okay so I'm a male and I want to have children in order to have children I need the head of a father so I have to go and I have to hunt and kill a father from another tribe cut off his head and if I have a head then I can have a child
0: this is this is that's cultural yeah Yeah, it's a real
2: cultural tradition. I don't know if this happens so much right now, yeah. but but this is how it worked, right? So This is why they're headhunting each other, okay? So as long as I don't have a child, I'm not a father. I'm not at risk of getting my head cut off. I'm a perpetual mm-hmm. kid, mm-hmm. right, which is okay. Mm-hmm. But if I want to propagate, right, I got to kill a father. And this keeps the, the balance on a small island with limited resources Perfectly balanced. Mm-hmm. So, is it sustainable? Yeah. Is it brutal? Yeah. But is it brutal... Is it, isn't it it more brutal to have soldiers kill civilians? Mm-hmm. I mean, because in this way, you're, you're choosing to be engaged in the potential to be murdered. Right.
0: You're yeah. making that choice by... Right. So, th-
2: isn't that how we define brutality? Is we say, well, soldiers killing soldiers is one thing. Soldiers killing civilians is a totally different thing. Mm-hmm.
3: It's knowing annoying they're a soldier to propagate children. Right, that puts
2: you in the soldier category, essentially. You know what you're getting yourself Isn't into. Isn't it potentially more civil than what sure. we do? But um, but we would say that, I mean, in our culture, if I chopped off your head, we would say that I inf- I totally infringe upon your truth. Yeah. Like I totally just took opportunity from you. Yeah. But maybe if you're willing to engage on that level and you make that conscious decision, uh, then it's not taking opportunity from you. It's just cashing that check that you wrote a while ago. Right. And so you just up the whole ante.
0: Yeah.
2: So, I don't know. I guess what I'm thinking is, like, if we have a culture where, like, don't jaywalk and all that kind of stuff, then you're like, you're infringing upon my truth by walking in front of traffic while I'm trying to drive to the grocery (laughs) store. My truth. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or, like, "Mm, you cut my fucking head off in the middle of the night because you want to have a child. Um I don't know. I feel like it's more fluid, and it's more just like whatever everybody agrees upon as the rules, no matter mm-hmm. what they are.
4: Mm-hmm. I
3: think the hardest thing, though, especially in the United States, is like we don't have a culture. I mean, we yeah. have a hodgepodge of all these different cultures that have um, sort of combined and and then been redefined in a consumer-based economy. Um, you know, consuming everything, and that's that's my biggest peeve, I think, to the whole American culture, is that since we don't really have anything, you know, we just settle for what's best, and usually what's best, or next best, is on the TV, and, you know, and that's a great way to relate to another fellow human being, is, you know, through the, the common jokes we share in no, our favorite brother. television shows, yeah. which, you know, I know a lot of people, three things out of four that they say are from quoted from a television show or a movie. Yeah. And and I catch myself doing it all the time and then, you know, here I am actually saying some witty banter and some girls like, "What's that from?" Oh, I was just talking about that.
0: I was just talking about that. What's that from? My brain. Yeah. What's that from? It's like, "Do I do I need to pay attention to what you're saying? Is this is this from something?" Oh no, you just you're just making it up. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and tune out. Yeah. <laughs> like thanks for just thanks let for, me know if there's uh, that, that extra
2: right, I mean, yeah let me know if there's that with the television Can exactly carry a television around with you holding it in front of you be your own show
3: what if it just is a, a camera facing you oh yeah like a selfie <laughs> near the like TV like this with the phone and the camera facing back
2: and the screen facing forward and you're making your own, <laughs> your own show <laughs> source code it's like a podcast <laughs> but yep.
0: video live live me yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's frustrating what's that from now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's frustrating because then yeah then it takes validation away from the fact that I can create my own thoughts and and then I go backwards and I'm like, wait did did I make that up or did was that from a right. movie oh, no inception
0: well it's a I think it comes from people being taught that they can't they don't have their own taste or they can't decide what is beautiful or elegant or or And that they can't create their own... Like, that they can't create their own awesome music and movies and books. And they believe that it all has to come from these other sources. And there's so much out there. um, It's a bit overwhelming. It's a bit overwhelming. And so people look for validation of like, okay, so what what should I be reading? Hmm. You know, and... um, where should I be focusing my attention so that I can try to kind of work my way up into the circles that I want to be in, or, mm. um, yeah.
3: Trains of thoughts, yeah.
0: You know, lack of culture is a big one. Like our lack of uh, lack of a food culture.
3: Mm.
0: Problematic.
2: But do you think in, like, a headhunter culture, which obviously has, like, Extremely deep cultural roots, right? To be able to like murder somebody and be like, "I have a head, I'm gonna have a sex now." Like, there's a this thick culture happening there, uh-huh. right? Do you think in that culture they have the same kind of thought? And they're like, "We just, we're just lost. We have like no culture." It's like, you know, and they like judge each other for whose head they cut off and be like, "What a heathen! He cut off that guy's head." And it's just like, you don't cut off a bald guy's head. <laughs> He can't even yeah. hold his hair. Yeah, like you got like,
3: to make a, like a a little handle, a
2: handle. Like, and they're sitting around and going, like, if only we had some structure. If only we had some agreed upon principles. Because we really are yeah. super. For as little culture as we feel like we have, we're really all the same. A lot, mm-hmm. like even. But it's a bit taboo. What we,
3: you know, what we do, we don't talk about it. But everyone does it. Like, but we don't talk about. It.
0: What, like sex and stuff?
3: Well, I mean, we all we all do these things, I guess. I don't know what these things are. Mm-hmm. Chris had a better idea. We do them. But but, uh, but we don't necessarily talk about them. Is that culture, then? Is it just the, the firm belief of things that we do as how we do them? You know, we wake up in the morning, we make a list of things to do, and then do them? Is that part of our culture?
0: I think... I think the culture is is around art and the way that you relate, uh, to other people and the way you share and appreciate, um, what other people bring to the table and like the way you, I think it's like culture is like the forum for expression and whatever value there is in like building upon, um, crafts or, um, philosophies or that that's, maybe that's culture. Is that sort of um, gradual accruing of know, history and values? I don't know. <laughs> that was a great
4: man. <laughs> <laughs> So, what's a
2: what's an uncultured person doing in the culture? Are they just, at best, a support system for the people that are more on the? I mean, I like to think of this uh, like uh, like society. Our cultural society is a. Hierarchy and at the top are the visionaries, which in this case are the artists. Yeah, I like to think that sounds great, but right,
0: um, right. What about the or are the artists
2: just distracting people from the misery of existence long Mm -hmm. enough to be able to procreate? And the artists need to be eradicated so that we can all finally just commit suicide (laughs) because they're they're the ones that are stirring our minds around and giving us hope. (laughs) hope, Yeah, it's like you've been living in such
3: like a fear-based. America for the past, like, I feel, like, 8 to 12 years. Yeah. George Bush and his regime, and, um, you know, and even with Obama, you know, continuing the, the mindset or just, you know, how things were communicated back even in the Bush era and before, but, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's hard to hear hopeful, hopeful things, you know, it's, it's not, um, it makes you, I guess, aware of your truth in so many ways. And I'm finding a lot of friends that are, you know, leaving the city and going to small towns like Peonia, or, you know, doing artist residency things or, or really just being awakened to the bullshit that is their life in so many ways. You know, like a relationship that is has uh, failed or, uh, or, you know, a job that just sucks and drains the life out of them. And there's yeah. not many life-giving things that we really have, in our culture, which right. is hard, right. and so you know, I think people are kind of fed up with that, yeah. and and I do see a shift in the mindset of people, and I think that's really what hopefully 2012 was about—the fact that people are just over the bullshit, yeah, over the things that are are distracting us from from life-giving activities and or um, lifestyles, yeah. So,
0: hell yeah, I I think we're on it. I think we're on the revolution, and I think that the. Yeah the the lack of culture is that is the feeling of of disconnectedness and the feeling of apathy and powerlessness and the feeling of systems at work that are so much bigger than you could possibly touch. So why even tr- you know why even try? Just do your best to stay afloat or whatever. But a real culture is is where you're you're connected to you know everything that comes through your life and and primarily around food and that's kind of what I mean, bringing it all into what what's happening here. You're you're up. You guys are up on some land, and you're talking about hugelkultur Uh huh. And I like to talk about compost.
2: That's exciting.
0: And that's really uh, talking about doing. Why do anything?
2: Well, actually, life giving is a different perspective, isn't it? If you think of it as life giving or mm-hmm. other, then life giving is inherent. It's, you don't have to justify why I do it. It's not like, well, because it'll feel good, and it's right. just like... Right, that's true. it's life-giving. Right. And and, and now we go into the Alan Watts.
0: Bring uh, it! Bring it!
2: <laughs> Let's hear the Watts. The, the, you know, this is like a Hindu idea, but that the, the planet, in the same way that an apple tree grows apples, it's, it doesn't need a destiny to do that. That's just what it does. It grows apples. Uh, the planet grows people and consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, um so we're on a peopling planet in a peopling universe and mm. we're growing just like everything else mhm and uh so being a participant in that is is if there's a universal that would be it universal participation in that growing process mm.
3: life giving
0: and evolution right
3: of the mind and hopefully of the culture
0: uh-huh know. and of the other species i i like the idea have you ever read that book Ishmael? Mm-hmm. The only idea I can ever remember from that book is that um, our job as the most evolved consciousness here is to assist other creatures in their evolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or that's one of our one of our cool jobs. Thought. Yeah, I like that a lot. I saw a gray fox the other day. I'd like to. What's up, Fox? Yeah. Shoot it. <laughs> tag mean? it. Kill it. <laughs> dissect it. Make a
2: genetic variant of it. Yeah. How are we gonna? Yeah. How splice it with a cow. Brains. What are we gonna
0: eat once we evolve all the animals? Oh, I got Talk an idea. With them. <laughs> yeah. Here, Fox.
2: Why don't we? Why don't we? Uh, Come over here. No. Why don't we? Why don't we round up the world? You know, round up the people. Uh huh. So we can we can just spray. <laughs> pesticide that kills people okay all over the planet oh, yeah. and then if you eat a certain genetically modified crop that's the inoculant so that you can stay alive just uh, like gmo corn so you can remain uh, because you're eating this the good gmo stuff. modified stuff that has the the uh, you know resistant in it antidote antidote while the whole rest of the place gets sprayed so we can get rid of all the people that have other ideas yeah nice.
0: yeah you had me at spray
3: yeah, Spray everything yeah. Hashtag it's a New campaign Anyway, yeah, I think that's
2: that's pretty good I mean, fuck messing with the water or anything like that Just go straight for spraying it like a field um, And I don't see why it has to end at humans Just spray, just everything Just everything And you can wipe this thing clean and get a shiny rock and then we can have, and then we're, then we start at parking lot, which is usually what we're trying to get to. Right. So we start there, then we can you know do a little tree and a little flower. Oh, where we, where we want them, where we want, where we fucking. Oh, there's
0: them. nothing worse than the like the parking lot that has some mature trees and a smattering of cracks. Hmm. This is an example from my high school, and then there's the men's bathroom, which is disgusting. Hmm. Tiled from the 60s, uh, and they spend their whatever $50,000 they get from the state on taking out all the trees and busting up all the concrete and laying a nice new smooth yeah. parking lot and putting in little baby trees. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. like, ah, look at that! Right? Uh, Woo! We got that straightened out. Wow. Look at our parking lot. <laughs> it's so smooth. That tree almost. What are those damn trees making messes. They make such a mess, trees. You dropping things, making cracks.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like a, a earth zit. It kind of squeezes up and messes the terrain around it and then yeah. sprays and drops shit on the ground. Yeah, it's that you have to pick infection. up. It's a yeah. parking lot infection.
0: Yeah. yeah. Messing up my nice neat parking lot. Earth zits. Earth zit. The worst. You guys want to take a little break? Come back with some music. Wrap it up. Put it in a box. All right.
1: Lesbians.
3: Song's called Walking Dead.
1: Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now Rise up, rise up, when they strike you down Get up to get down Are you down with the sound? Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now Rise up, rise up, when they strike you down Get up to get down Are you down with the sound? Pursuit of happiness Renting freedom and a life sentence Who needs health care? We got Netflix silently the past For reasons that we occupy now Distractions, bayonets Piercing everyone, inception But we're biters, the walking dead We're living in a zombie apocalypse Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now Rise up, rise up, when they strike you down Get up to get down Are you down with the sound? Watch it now Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now Rise up, rise up, when they strike you down Get up to get down Are you down with the sound? Lock up our love, lock up your shelves, lock up your dreams, we'll get through hell. If the media knocks, tell them we're gone. Watch out for that hand with that chloroform that's held over our mouth when we're trying to be ourselves. So hard to be that you can't buy it off the shelf. There's drops in this economy for my friends with the college degree. i to the hypocrisy corporations on the land of the free. Where are you now? Starting evolution. Show. Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now. Rise up, rise up when they shake you down. Get up to get down. Are you down with the sound? Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now. Rise up, rise up when they shake it down. Get up to get down. Are you down with the sound? Oh, Won't your money. Compassion is a cure. Won't oh, wait your money. Compassion is a cure. Vote with your money. Compassion is a cure. For with your money. Starting evolution. Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now. Rise up, rise up when it strike you down. Get up to get down. Are you down with the sound? Watch you now. Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now. Rise up, rise up when it strike you down. Get up to get down. Are you down? Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now Rise up, rise up, when he stuck you down Get up to get down
0: Are you down with the sound? Hear it now! <laughs>